Welcome to Two Sides to the Story with Ted and Lori. I'm Lori Hearsetter. And I'm Ted Zaleski. Thinking back to last episode, had a few things come back to me. Actually, this didn't come back to me, but something happened after the last episode. Lori talked about her visit to the farmer's daughter and the book sale that they were having. The weekend after she was there, I went up. This was the last day that they were doing this. A lot of books were gone, but there were still a lot of books there, and they intend to do this again maybe in October, I think she said. Did she give you more information about the plans for the second one? She talked to me briefly about it when I went, but it wasn't uh, decided as to for sure and when it might be. I think she's still in the same place. Okay. It was just a, we're probably going to do something. Okay. We are now following them, so uh, we'll be able to see if she puts some details out there. We'll be able to see when that's happening. So I was talking a bit to Megan, the owner, and we were talking about how many books. And she said, I, I don't know how many books we had, maybe 10,000. But then I was standing in the, um, the greenhouse where they were, were doing it, mm-hmm. which was approximately the size of the tent at the Harrisburg Book Festival that I went to last fall. Oh, okay. And they said they had 20,000 books. And it was a very similar arrangement, you know. The way it was laid out. Um, set up with uh, you know, big sheets of plywood. Yeah. Books stacked four rows, rows deep. I, I said, I don't know, I, maybe you had 20,000 Yeah, books. I'm sure she didn't have a chance to count. It no, was such no. a, um, just a process to get them all out and right. somewhat sorted. And I don't know if I said that in the first episode about it. Um, by the way, if you haven't seen that episode, it is uh, Book Bargains at Farmer's Daughter, episode 29. You might want to check it out. It was uh, mostly about the 15, 16 books that I found when I went, and that inspired your trip. So anyway, for those of you just watching for the first time, you might want to check that episode out. So uh, she also told me that there was one day where they sold 1,000 books. Wow. (laughs) But uh, the story I really liked, though, she told me there was this one woman that was buying up all of the paperback dictionaries. Hmm. Got a whole bunch of them, and she said, "Just curious, yeah, Why? what are you doing yeah. with all these dictionaries?" And I thought this was this was a really neat story. The lady puts together backpacks of stuff. I don't know what else is in it, but each one included an American dictionary. These are for kids who are moving to the United States, hmm. and she's putting together these things to you know help them get started here, including the dictionary. And only the paperbacks, because the hardbacks are just too big and heavy. So uh, I don't know how many of these dictionaries she had, but one lady cleared out a bunch of them for her. So that reminds me of what I was starting to say about my trip there, is I think her thought at first was that they were going to be unsorted. One of the promotional materials for it said that they were going to be unsorted books. But I think her and her boyfriend, as they put this tent together, ended up sorting. Because when I was there, I would assume when you were there too, they were sectioned off. Fiction, nonfiction, children's books. There was a whole section of gardening books, cookbooks. They were actually pretty well organized, I thought. So finding these dictionaries... Were they all together, I'm guessing, and this lady found them and was able to take them all home? Yeah, it didn't come up, but I, I'm guessing that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and she did talk about her boyfriend sorting. She mm-hmm. said he put a very big effort into uh, doing it. It must have taken hours. 
many. I think, I think she said days. So I think I told you that there was an entire section of like a couple of really popular authors. Yes. Um, so if it was fiction, but it was all Nora Roberts, Roberts was together. So um, they spent a lot of time. So I didn't come back with 16 books, but I did buy five books from them. I, I try to restrain myself these days. I know I already have too many books, so I, but I, I helped out a little bit. Are you telling us what you bought? It could be a future time if you want to do a blog post and let everybody know the titles that you picked and what you think of them as you go through. You know, I don't remember. Okay. Each one, I picked them up for some specific reason, but I don't remember what they were now. So I know before we started recording, you said you had another item that you wanted to follow up on from um, a previous episode. Um, this was episode 28. Uh, it was our Two Sides Roadshow. We had gone to the Cecil County Book Fair, and then the Monday after that, we went to Books at Beck's. And there was one title in particular that I was interested in, I almost purchased, and it was with an actor that I was familiar about from my young adult years. And I didn't get the book. I have since picked it up from the library. So that's my takeaway. I haven't dug in yet. But it something else came to mind to you about the author after the fact. Right. And the book Lori's talking about is called Walking with Sam, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, By correct. Andrew McCarthy. Yes. And Debbie Scheller, the uh, owner of um, Likely Story Bookstore, mm -hmm. this was one of the books at Books at Beck that she recommended yes. very, very highly. Was this the one she said was her? No, that was not her. Um, that was a lady that you've interviewed before. Oh, Lisa C. Yes. Right. Yes, and I don't remember the title of the book. It's in the show notes from the last episode. Lady Tan something. Something like that, yes. We'll have to include it in the show notes. But again, if you haven't seen that, episode 28, um, Two Sides Roadshow, at the end of that episode, we talk about books at Bex and the books that uh, both appealed to um, myself and to Ted during that visit. So uh, Debbie Scheller, this wasn't her favorite book, but was very highly recommended. And I was listening to the description, and I don't know if it specifically came up and I missed it or if it just didn't, didn't come up. But the walk that they're talking about is something called, it's, it's an old pilgrimage. It's called uh, El Camino de, del Santiago, or the, the Road of St. James. So people walked. There were various starting places, but some people walked from France to western Spain to, to a church shrine there. And this is something I was aware of and always been very interested in. So just when I put the two together, you know, it uh, mm -hmm. suddenly changed it, for, changed it for me from just, you know, father, son, taking a walk somewhere to taking this particular walk. Yeah. Uh, even that is a, another connection because uh, we got to meet Ernest Thompson. Um, everyone knows of him from Golden Pond. Um, he was here for an interview uh, as part of an event with Carroll County Public Library. Um, of course, Debbie Scheller was there with a likely story, and this was held at uh, Carroll Lutheran Village. And his book, um, A Book of Maps, was about a road trip with his son. Um, so it's interesting to see that kind of a, a tie. And uh, that is someone we are going to be talking with again soon. And actually, you're going to be back at CLV uh, this week for another event. So we'll talk about that at the end of the episode with some of our upcoming events. So uh, today's show, um, the biggest part of it, is about a recent trip that we took um, to the eastern shore of Maryland. Uh, this was in Easton, and it was for the Chesapeake Children's Book Festival. 
Uh, if you've listened to the previous episode, uh, 28 was the Two Sides Roadshow. That is when we went to Cecil County for their book festival, also a children's book festival. And we had met Sabina, um, who was an outreach coordinator for Talbot County when we were there. She was visiting their show um, prior to hers. And we met one of the authors that was at the event, uh, Timothy Young. And he was also at this uh, festival that we attended in Easton. Um, Tim is actually a coordinator of the event. It is their eighth year. Uh, we went um, on the trip knowing that somewhat more of what to expect because we had just done one in Cecil County, but differences between the libraries for sure, differences between um, weather was definitely a factor. Uh, the Cecil County event was couldn't have been any more perfect. The weather was fantastic. That was not the case for Easton. There was a threat of storms and rain for most of the day. So when we arrived, that was the first thing that you noticed was that everything had been moved to the inside. You know, and on the weather for several days before we were checking the weather mm -hmm. and I was like, oh, it looks really bad. Oh, it looks good. Looks bad. Looks good. Yeah. And it turned out to be an okay day. I don't know that we saw any rain while we were there, but it was enough of a threat that they were wise to move everything inside, which in our minds wasn't a bad thing because we actually got to spend more time inside the library. And that's one of the things that we want to share with you um, today is the rooms in the library. They have some special ones to tell you a little bit more about. So uh, we arrive, we go in. This was, by the way, the first time that they've moved the event inside for eight years. They've had beautiful weather every time. This one was just not their year. Hopefully it's not us as a bad luck charm <laughs> <laughs> that affected that. But yeah, So they actually shut down a few of the eastern they streets around, around the library. Mm -hmm. So the festival doesn't typically go into the roads, but it spreads out to the roads and yes. people are walking around there. Yeah, and actually when we arrived, we were just before it started at 10, there were already people lined up waiting to get in. So uh, it was clearly a well-attended event, and uh, we have some highlights to share with you of, of what happened when we got there. So where do we start? What do you want to say about what you first thought as we arrived at, at their festival? Well, we said, let's find Sabina. Didn't take long. <laughs> and uh, I asked a couple people and she went that way. But, you know, yeah, we did find her pretty quickly and got a greeting like we were long lost family. Yeah, <laughs> and she then was, we just meet her, met her a week ago. She was very excited to see us. We got hugs and a big smile and immediately she was showing us around. And I, you know, I have to say how much we appreciate her as well as Morgan from Cecil County at the other book festival, because we know they have got to be extremely busy putting on such an event. And they took the time to give us the tours and to spend some time with us. And um, the hospitality is fantastic. Library people are wonderful people, and we're just so glad to be part of the community. Yeah, you know, what Laurie's saying about the the, the tours, it, re it really is something like, that they're taking the time mm -hmm. in the middle of all that mm -hmm. and uh, really giving us our own our own little tour of the, the place. It was, it was very nice. One thing that is a consistency between the two is that you walk in and right away you have no trouble identifying the staff. Um, they're all coordinated in their shirts. Um, at Cecil County, it was a lime green, like a neon green that really stood out. It made it very easy to find the people that were part of the event. And interestingly, the um, Children's Book Festival here at 
Chesapeake and Easton was, uh, I would call it a two sides teal. <laughs> the the color was very much like our uh, our shirt color, so that was kind of yeah, cool. Yeah, they really went out of the way for us. Yeah, they're right. <laughs> so okay, so we get in there, and there's a room where all of the authors are. Um, each of them has a table set up. Books are available for for purchase, and it's an opportunity to talk with an author. It's an opportunity to get your book signed. Um, our understanding from Sabina and from Tim is that they were giving out 350 children's books. Um, moving the event inside, I do think may have changed some of what they had planned. Um, the one at Cecil County had an ice cream truck and, and such, and obviously that couldn't happen um, there inside. But uh, they had amazing things going on. It was such a great opportunity to interact with staff um, and to see some special rooms in the library. So which one do you want to talk about first? Had authors speaking mm -hmm. all day yes. in the Frederick Douglass room, which is a special collection of some sort. The one thing that um, Lori and I both looked at in that room was a set of big doors oh, they had going into it. The doors were incredible. I've got some videos of that. I will find a way to post that either on Instagram or even just some still shots of them. They were amazing. And I, actually, I was interested enough that I asked about them. Um, they were not original to the room. They did a renovation of that room. Um, it used to be the Maryland room, which we're going to talk more about in a few minutes. Um, but when they converted it from the Maryland room to this new space, um, they is when the doors were added. I think they said it was mahogany. I, I don't remember. They but, were gorgeous. But uh, they, they said they came from some other buildings. Some, exactly. Somewhere they you know, salvaged them, I guess. Yes. And obviously, this is a library. It's a it's a room that's a special purpose room. All of the author discussions were in there and books on the shelf and just beautiful lighting. And our description is, I'm sure, not doing it justice. So we'll be sure to put the, um, the pictures and the videos out there for you to enjoy as well. We mentioned that that was the Maryland room at one time. So yes. now they have a new, considerably bigger Maryland room, the Frederick Douglass room. Not tiny, but you know, not a huge space. But they had this other other place now, the Maryland Room. It's a uh, glassed off, locked yes. door, and uh, yeah, it's not. I'm not real aggressive about asking people to do things, but you know, saw saw the Maryland Room and said, "Any chance we can get in there?" Sabina, of course, jumped on it and said, "Let me find the Maryland Room librarian." And I don't remember her name. Oh, uh, Becky. Becky. Okay. Yes. Mm -hmm. uh, so Becky opened up the room, mm -hmm. took us in, started showing us around, and ended up being a very interesting conversation. Uh, they have a lot of books about Maryland and pieces of Maryland. They also have a lot of genealogical information which for Lori led to a very interesting conversation. Um, I blew my mind. First of all, I had no concept of what the Maryland room was. I just knew when we arrived, it was full access to pretty much every area of the library, except that room. In fact, they had it somewhat blocked off with yeah, chairs. Right. 
Um, it was extra seating for families that were looking for a place to sit down and relax together, do a craft or whatever. But it was also it seemed like by design that the Maryland room is not open today. Yeah, it really felt like stay out. <laughs> yeah. So I definitely felt like that was not going to happen. And of course, Ted just, uh, you know, nicely asked and, and it got us an opportunity to go in. Otherwise, we would have missed out on such a great education. Um, so it, again, as Ted said, there are a lot of um, local history books available that are dedicated to the space. This is obviously Talbot County, but it's done sort of by region. So not every library main office branch has a Maryland room. There are only a handful in the state, and I don't know them all, but Becky did tell us a little bit about that they're the one for that region. So they have local material in that room that is not just for Talbot County, but also for Dorchester, Wacomico, etc. There were a handful of them. It's coded by color, which was another interesting point, is that if you look at the organization system, it's um, it's you know, to the area. Like I think Dorchester was uh, like brown. a medium brown. Exactly. So it just gives you a little bit of a visual. And so when she was talking about not only genealogy information, but also local history, and then this is where it got me, she mentioned about cemeteries and that there were um, a full listing, someone's painstakingly gone through the process of going to a local cemetery and to document all of the tombstones that are there. So this ties into another um, part of my life. Uh, there was a chapter in my life where I was spending a significant amount of time on the eastern shore. And it was in an area in Dorchester County uh, called Hopers Island. And there were several local churches and cemeteries. And the sad thing in that area, um, sort of with... Um, erosion, that there are tombstones that are not in great shape that have ended up in the sea. And uh, there's been a big effort to sort of preserve those um, and restore them as much as possible um, so that those um, tombstones and those graveyards and cemeteries are maintained um, for those families. So uh, this is another sort of side story and it could be a full episode, but I'll, I'll keep it somewhat short that one of the, um, I was restoring properties on the Eastern shore at the time. And there was a house that had an interesting story about it, that there was an owner, his name was Henry Clay. And it was a bit of a mystery to find any pictures of, of this gentleman or any historical information about him. So um, one of the things that I did while I was there was trying to find Henry Clay. So when she said tombstones, I thought, oh, maybe Henry Clay is in the book. So we took a little bit of time. Um, and by the way, this was at the very end of our visit. We did not have a lot of time left. Uh, we didn't get the opportunity. If I could have spent an hour in there, I wonder if I would have found Henry Clay. But we did a very quick search. Becky got all excited, too. She's like, come over here. Let me show you these books. So we each had a book. We were each looking. We did not find Henry Clay, but it's just a great example of the resources available at your local libraries. This is a room I'd never heard of. This is a resource I didn't know about. I definitely think we could, in a future episode, talk about all the things that the library can offer you besides the typical books that you think you know about. So this was a neat story, um, one that had of personal interest for me. And it, I would just encourage you listeners that um, if you think you know what a library offers, 
I think you might be wrong, that there is more to it. And I would encourage you to um, seek out the resources available, especially the staff. They are amazing. Sabina, Morgan, Tim, um, there, oh, we met some other people we need to talk about. And Becky, in particular, for the Maryland Room was just fantastic. So thank you for uh, the time you took to spend with us. Before we leave the Maryland Room, you know, uh, Lori said that Becky got excited. You know, it was kind of interesting for me watching this play out. Um, you know, and, uh, Lori was sharing her story. Be Becky very clearly was, okay, let's, let's dig in. She and lit up, this. yes. And, and Lori, you can see here, she going through her mind, you know, could, could this happen? Could I find Henry Clay? So I'm watching the two of them. It would have been amazing. And, and we didn't have success, but it was, it was still fun. Just, you know, kind of seeing the anticipation and, you know, maybe this will happen. Treasure hunting. We call it good book hunting when we go looking for books. Little did we know all the other things that you could find. And this was one of those type of journeys. And I had a great time. So um, I just mentioned that there were some other people that we met while we were there. Most of the local libraries have um, a group that helps to build um, connections, to develop resources. They have fundraisers. So for Talbot County, they have friends of, of the library. And we got to talk with two of the ladies there and interesting information from them. So the St. Michael's expansion might be something to give them a little more details about. You had a yeah. long conversation with the two ladies. What uh, stood out for you about that? So um, Talbot County only has two library branches. So uh, when we were in Cecil County, I was a little surprised to find out that they had six branches. And then surprised a different way to find out that Talbot, uh, um, yeah, Talbot only has two branches. And the St. Michael's is small. They said 3,700 square feet. And they're working to get an addition to it, which will roughly double it, which would still leave it a small library. But doubling the size of the library, I'm sure, opens up opportunities for them that they have today. Uh, but they're actively trying to raise money to, to make this happen now, which was a real focus of the, the women with the uh, Friends of Talbot County Library. I've been to St. Michael's. I'm sure I would have seen the library, but I, I can't remember it. I'm not sure I've ever been in it. I've also been to St. Michael's. It's a wonderful area. I have not been to the library branch either, but love the area and was definitely interested in the expansion. And I'm trying right now to look up the information about when there's, there's some events that are coming that are specifically geared towards the expansion project. Um, we will post that information um, in the show notes um, to share that with you if you're someone in that area or even if you're just someone interested in maybe visiting that area. There are some events coming up in coordination with that uh, library expansion project. And you can also get information about the Friends of the Talbot County Free Library on the website. We will provide that link as well. Um, they are certainly encouraging people to become members. They do a newsletter. You can find about all the activities that are going on. And um, the one lady that we talked to shared an interesting story with us. 
Um, her name is Emily, and she was talking about reading with her father. And if you haven't seen it, uh, there is, or listened, there is a Father's Day episode that we did just a few weeks ago in which Ted um, invited his daughter to come join us for the show. And we talked about how they, um, how reading was part of their lives, of her as a young person and then her as an adult. So it, it felt very similar to me. I don't know if that hit you, Ted, but it hit me that as Emily was talking about reading with her father and how it influenced her. And they had a very interesting way in which they read together, which was poetry, that for years they would spend time reading poetry together. That just really struck me as a lovely thing um, to have as a tradition in a family. And you could see the love in her eyes as she talked about um, doing this with her dad. And it led to a sort of a related conversation about all the ways in which you read. Do you read a book, regular, standard format in your hands? Um, do you use a Kindle? Because she was big on using the Kindle. And it, it hadn't thought, it had, I had not thought of this before, but it was actually a physical reason that holding a book was difficult for her. And a Kindle allowed her to read um, easier than holding a book. So she is a big Kindle user. Uh, we talked about audiobooks, and you and I both were saying that we wish we would have thought of it on the way yeah. because we had a two plus hour drive to Easton and we could have been listening to an audiobook uh, on our trip. But instead, you know what we did? <laughs> Ted was driving. I actually read aloud. <laughs> there is a book that we are both reading uh, to prepare for an interview that is coming up. I had already started the book. I think I was maybe 10 pages in. Ted had not read any of it yet. So I reread the first 10 pages um, so that Ted could get a taste of this book. So when's the last time someone read aloud to you? I'm guessing it's been a while. <laughs> I, I have, can't even come up with a memory. So this book is Mrs. Nash's Ashes by Sarah Adler. We are going to be scheduling an interview to, uh, to talk with Sarah about her book. She is a she lives in Frederick County. This is her debut novel. Um, I am now, I think, at chapter seven. Uh, it's a very enjoyable book. And a bit of a theme today is that it's about a road trip. Yeah. So uh, we've talked about a couple of road trips already. I read aloud to Ted on our road trip to Easton. And it was about a book that is a road trip. <laughs> this is getting pretty deep. It is getting pretty, lots of levels there. And the little bit I heard, uh, I, I liked. I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to, to reading the book and to the interview. So you bought a copy of the book um, at A Likely Story. Uh, that's the one that I have that I'm working on. And I'm on the wait list to get the book from the library so that we each have a copy to be um, preparing for the interview. And that's another just sort of side note. Um, are you a reader that buys a book? Uh, when you want to read something, do you go to the library? Is it a mix of both? Uh, it'd be interesting to hear from you on, on that. And if you are interested in getting this book, I uh, would encourage you to visit one of the local um, 
bookstores that we have in, in the area. We know that they are stocking this book, especially since it is a local author. And then the library, I'll tell you, you'll be on a wait list for a little bit, um, but you could get on the wait list if you are interested in reading that book, knowing that we're going to be doing an interview with her um, in the near future. Date to be determined. Yeah, a lot of people want to read this when this first came up before I bought the book. Um, we, we both independently checked the Carroll County site and mm -hmm. found out there were 11 people waiting. Yes. And I went and looked at the Baltimore County site and found there were 30 people waiting there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's a great book, and you can tell by the level of interest that, that it's getting. So um, we actually took a break from the book festival to go wander the streets, <laughs> not without a goal because uh, you know us and we like bookstores. So we knew that there was at least one local bookstore that was in close proximity to the library. Right across the street. In fact, we saw it as we pulled up and parked and thought, huh, what time do they open? We're going to have to check that out. Yeah, and how we saw it, they have side of a, a old brick building, uh, big painting with their their logo. Oh, it's beautiful. Uh, I have some pictures of that. I took a lot of pictures of this story, so we will post those. Actually, I think I already did. I did an Instagram post when we first got back from the trip. Maybe it was that evening I was working on some things at home, and I posted a boatload of pictures from, from that store. It's a beautiful store. So then we decided to wander a little further, and we found another, not exclusively a bookstore, but it has books. The place was called Vintage, which piqued my interest because I like old things, I like restored items, and vintage merchandise is right up my alley. So we actually walked by this store we did. on the way to get lunch. To get lunch, and then stopped on our way back. Yeah, Lori said something as we are going by. We're stopping there. <laughs> yeah, you actually, I don't think you realize how fortunate you are that we only stopped in two stores because I can be a bit of a shopper, but I did not drag you along to too many things. We stumbled through the farmer's market, which I probably oh, yeah. would have spent more time if they weren't getting close to closing. But like a lot of downtown areas, Easton has a farmer's market on Saturdays. That's when we were there. There was live music and vendors, and we did walk through there. If you call that a shopping stop, we, we made three. The Flying Cloud, the first bookstore, the Farmer's Market, and then Vintage Books. So you want to talk a little bit about Vintage Books? I talk a lot about Vintage Books. <laughs> so it's um, a bookstore like other bookstores to some extent. Uh, there's a bit of a variety, but they tend to focus on older, rarer kinds of things. Mm -hmm. um, and maps. And maps, yes. Uh, it's not a it's not a real crowded store. Uh, this, this is one where there's plenty of room to walk around and look at things. But we ended up talking with the manager of the store. There is an owner and her that mm -hmm. they that's the, the, the whole operation. Her name was Linda. Linda. And she is a professor at a local college there, aside right. from the job that she has at the bookstore. Yes. 
which led to a lot of interesting conversations. And we did not get to meet the owner. Um, his name is Tim Boyle. She handed us his card, um, would love the opportunity to talk to him. But just like the library being such wonderful hosts and giving us tours, it was a day of tours because she gave us like the tour. Not only did we get behind the scenes of what they do there, but we got behind the scenes. Like we went into the back room, into the back room, and then the next back room. Do you want to talk about what she had? Well, the, the really excited her. And, and let me be careful. I mean, she was excited about all of it. She was excited mm -hmm. about talking to us. She was excited about showing us things. It reminded a lot of when we were at the... Um, Washington Street Bookstore. Oh yes, in um, Haverty Grace. It's oh, let me show you this. Let and me this, show you that. And this and this. Yes, it was but wonderful the, the to see her enthusiasm. Really got her, and this was a, I think as I took it, kind of a crossover between her her academic work yes. and the work she does in the store. But they had stacks of old newspapers, uh, Civil War, even earlier. She was showing us ads for slave sales and people trying to track down escaped slaves. But um, you, you could see just for her, this was not work. This, this was, oh, wow, somebody's paying me to hang around and do this? It was absolutely her passion. And she said that at the college, um, her classes that she teaches are focused on African-American studies. So uh, she runs the gamut of all of the different I guess, decades of uh, what that's been like and how that's changed and the history of, of it all. And they are collectors of these artifacts, um, old books, old newspapers. Um, and her, her joy is to take a stack of those and meticulously go through with gloves on one page at a time, looking for an article from maybe 18... 95 um, of something that was going in the news at that time that's relevant. And she gets to share that with her students um, as she's educating them about African-American history. And here it's coming directly from the source and newspapers of that local area. You, you reminded me of another little moment that uh, gives you a peek into Linda. Uh, she actually brought out one of the newspapers back to the front of the, of the store. Mm -hmm. And this is another case. She actually had people in the store. It wasn't just us. I know. And she was giving she us was time. She was still taking us back. But she uh, went to this table and laid the newspaper out and you know, was pointing things to us. And we're talking about all this. And I said, you know, I just read a book called High on the Hog. It's about um, cooking, Southern cooking and the ties to, to slavery and the ties to African foods. And she looks at me and puts her finger up and then walks away. And she went <laughs> off to a shelf and came back with a book and you know, laid it down on the table. I don't remember what the book was, but now you have some connection. Mm -hmm. you know, she said, well, if you like that, maybe you'd like this. You know what that reminds me of? I think I've told you about my dream daydream of you know having a bookstore, working in a bookshop or having my own. And that the, the best joy for me would be someone coming into the bookshop and saying, I need this and not really knowing what this is. Like it could be, I need a gift for someone. It could be, I really want to find a book that's going to explain this to me. I enjoy these types of things to be able to say, uh-huh, we have a book for that. It's just, it just 
felt like that kind of a moment with Linda that you brought up about the book that you had read. And as you said, her finger went up and immediately off to the shelf she goes because there's something fabulous over there that she wanted to share with you. You know, get into these conversations and have these all these ripples start going off. Remember that there's a book we both read. I'm thinking maybe it's called The Library on the Corner. But the, the guy Peach. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, there's a woman Boy, who I haven't thought about that in a long time. Who inherits a bookstore, yes. I think. Mm -hmm. And a guy comes into her life. Uh, he's doing construction work for, for yes. her. And I think these, well, not teenagers, but young women come in. They're probably not really interested so much in, in books as they are in Peach. Mm -hmm. But he gets talking to them, and it actually leads to a book. And he makes good recommendations. That's the, right. The store owner is like, mm -hmm. oh, wait a second. Wait Who a is minute. This guy? Yeah, you're the handyman. What's going on here? <laughs> that was a good book. And another one of those, ah, there's a book for that. So we've said this before. I'm sure I will say it again, that uh, if you don't enjoy reading, you're not reading the right books. And that there is a book out there for everyone, at least one, and you just have to find it. So to me, it's the fun challenge of finding the book for someone. So what were we talking about? I don't even have a clue. So we were at <laughs> we're a store, store called Vintage Books, and we got to go for a tour with Linda of their artifacts in the back of all the items that they offer. And she said that they're definitely making a... Um, an effort to make these available. Like, so their Instagram, which we will put in the show notes as well. You can go to their website, you can look at their books in their store, you can order online. And all of these documents are also available. As I said, she painstakingly, labor of love, goes through and finds these treasures. There was something with Abraham Lincoln that she found. And she said she put it up and it sold like in an hour. Um, so these amazing, if you're a historian, if you like um, history in general, particularly if you like African-American history or Civil War history, there's just so much. They are a great resource for those kinds of items. Yeah, and she's big on Eastern history. Yes. Too. She took it, actually took us out of the store. We were standing <laughs> on the street. That was so cool. I have a picture. The building. And she's talking about um, the old Odd Fellows building. There's yes. this eye looking down over the court area. Mm -hmm. And there's a church further down where she's telling us about a window. Stained glass. Stained glass mm -hmm. window, right? Mm -hmm. And she also told us that all those stores along Washington, uh, the the ground level fronts are not original. There was a, an Eastern fire that didn't destroy the buildings, but destroyed a lot of the, of the lower levels. So they're, they're not original, which I would have never thought about, I don't think. But it's also reminding me, the, the building is very, the, the, the vintage is in, is very interesting. Yes, it's beautiful. And as we went into that back room and the back back room, but a lot of the space had been walled off, just drywall or, or plywood or something put up. So you, you couldn't see what it actually looked like. But all the way at the back of the store, there's a really nice staircase that that goes up to a second floor. And then there's an opening in the wall where you can see that that staircase is running along one, one wall of the building and leading up to another little staircase. And apparently, I think she was saying that uh, the owner is looking to do some work on, on the whole building. 
I, I do remember that they were talking a little bit about that project um, there. Again, we have lots of images, beautiful pictures of the building. Um, I do have the eye. <laughs> I don't know how good it is because it's pretty high up there. But of the Odd Fellows building, um, just a really interesting place, interesting people. And we've just been very fortunate to have the uh, the type of response that we have had to people wanting to show us all these things behind the scenes. Yeah, we haven't gotten it every place we've gone, but we've gotten a lot of places we've gone. Uh, it, it, it's really astounding to me sometimes just what good treatment we've gotten just going out. To I think people that love what they do and they are happy to share it. And so we take a, a trip to a place like this and I never would have known and unless you walked into that store and had that conversation, what you're missing, that you don't know that's there for you, treasures to, to be found. So uh, absolutely would encourage you if you're a history buff, if you like that kind of information to reach out to Linda and Tim at Vintage Books. They have treasures, many treasures. <laughs> so that we ended up back at um, the book festival. We got there close to the end as Sabina was wrapping it up. Uh, we had another conversation with the friends of the Talbot County Library with um, Emily. And uh, we did not get to see Tim at the end, but I'm sure we'll talk to him again soon. But a wonderful event and a wonderful area, a great town with lots of cool things going on. So I would encourage you to, to head that way. So prior to that trip, you made a trip to that area on your own um, and visited a different bookstore. So I don't have a lot to say about this one until the end, but do you want to talk about that trip? Yeah, and this will be a shorter story, and I'm hoping this will turn into an episode someday. But further east, there's a, another very interesting town called Berlin. And for book and beer people, there's a... Uh, place called uh, Burley Oaks Brewery in, in Berlin. Uh, but I went to the Greyhound, an independent bookstore in Berlin, and talked to the owner, uh, who's another person who was very interested and willing to talk. And I think she has an interesting store and has an interesting life. I think there'll be a lot to talk about in, in an episode. I got a little bit of a surprise. I started talking to her about the podcast and I handed her our card and she said, somebody was in here this morning telling me about you. And I said, really? And like, what? <laughs> We're three hours from home. Well, you are three hours from home. How do they know about two sides to the story? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's where I was. But uh, it wasn't quite as mysterious as I thought because I, I in Ocean City, I had had uh, dinner with somebody that I was telling about the podcast and he and his wife made a stop in Berlin and went to this bookstore and he was the one who was sharing the story. So uh, not quite as mysterious as I thought, but still surprising and, and nice that, um, that, that he did that, you know, that he was going out and, sure. and talking about us. So uh, um, I'm hoping that we're able to sometime get an interview in with uh, the Greyhound mm -hmm. and hear, hear some of the stories there. So you picked up a book for me when you read The Greyhound, which oh, yeah. um, I have read. So I can give you a couple of quick thoughts on that. Um, the book was called Eat, Play, Love. So if that sounds familiar, there is a much more popular book called Eat, Pray, Love, written by Elizabeth Gilbert, 
who is the author of a book I love called Big Magic. Uh, if you haven't read Eat, Pray, Love, uh, you may have watched the movie. Uh, it's a very popular movie. And I would definitely encourage you to read Big Magic. It's a wonderful book about creativity. But so this book called Eat, Play, Love is uh, the cover is a picture of a person and their dog. And the book is a collection of those pictures. And it's um, an author illustrator. Her name is Emma Block. And the illustrations are lovely. I'm going to guess um, the medium is probably watercolor. Um, but really cute drawings of um, pets and their people. And the book is what I would call a bliss book. Um, bliss is not something that we've talked a tremendous amount about that needs its own episode for sure, but it's what it sounds like, uh, the pursuit of happiness. So this book's approach to happiness is focused around, um, positive mindset, quick read, um, slogans that are about how to make the most of each day. And it's a visual of a person and, and their pet. So beautiful, um, quick read, short and sweet. Um, so I'm glad you picked it up. Obviously, I'm a dog fan, but also this uh, idea of short books appeals to me and the concept of bliss is what I'm all about. So thank you. That was a great book. I really enjoyed it. Yep. And you pretty, pretty much captured my line of thinking <laughs> why, why I picked that, that book. Yeah, I definitely saw it as uh, the kind of thing that you go to for bliss ideas, the kind of book you like to read, and being the dog lover that you, that you are, uh, I, if there was any doubt, that pushed it over. Yeah, cute puppies is a thing for me. So um, that was the big, I think, story of, of our trip, a couple of standouts. It's all about the connections that we're making, the amazing people that we are meeting, the things we are finding out about that we would have no idea had we not opened the door to um, a new conversation with someone who is a book lover like ourselves. So we're just so fortunate to have met the people that we have. We cannot wait to meet some more. Uh, we'll take you along with us on these trips uh, by sharing the information that we find as we go. Lots more of those sorts of adventures to come. So we'll be letting you know um, as we plan future trips and give you the recap when we get back. In the short term, uh, we do have some events coming up to share with you. Uh, you have an interview coming this Saturday. Deep into the preparation for that interview, do you want to just mention the highlights of, of what that is? It's July 8th, 2 o'clock, Carroll Lutheran Village. Um, no cost, but you should sign up to, to have a seat. So the book is Garfield, um, Radical to Unifier. Covers pretty much all of his life. Uh, very interesting guy that I knew almost nothing hmm. about. Uh, if you like biographies, if you like history, if you like that era, uh, I'd encourage you to stop out if you're you know in in driving distance. And uh, my interview questions are still just coming together at this point. But one thing I'm going to spend some time on, I think there's some very, very interesting parallels between the time when uh, Garfield was moving into prominence and became president 
and and dark times, uh, something I was not expecting Mm. at all. And to register for that event, uh, that's off of the Carroll County Public Library website. Uh, There's a link, as as Ted said, no cost. It's just reserve yourself a seat. So be sure to do that if you are interested in in that event, whether you have read the book or not. Uh, It's a week away, so you may not have time to get through the book unless you're a really um, aggressive reader. But uh, certainly to attend and to learn more about the book is something you can, can do if you're available. Uh, Another one that you will have time for is uh, the Sarah Adler book that we just mentioned, uh, Mrs. Nash's Ashes. Uh, I am just starting to read. um, Ted's waiting for a copy. The interview is yet to be scheduled, but it is one that is going to be happening with a local author who is from the Frederick area, and the book is already delightful. I'm looking forward to to, uh, getting into the book more and cannot wait to meet the author. She's um, got a great sense of humor. I like her writing style and looking forward to talking with her. So you can get your hands on that book um, and have plenty of time. And we'll let you know the details of when that episode is scheduled. This will be another collaboration of Two Sides to the Story, Carroll County Public Library, and A Likely Story Bookstore. Yes. So more details to come on that um, in the near term. So that is it for today. Uh, Thank you for listening. Hope you uh, have enjoyed going along with us on this trip virtually and more to come on our good book hunting adventures. So until next time. Enjoy your reading.